Greetings, Chief Yuya here, bringing you, of course, another Chief Yuya uh, podcast. And um, I will that everyone is doing well. So getting right into it, you know, I wanted to speak on uh, briefly why an Anu and uh, Anu Life Global Ministries and the Anu Order and Anu Nation. Um, there's such an emphasis that we place on self-development on self-actualization, and most importantly, self-realization. I know uh, it becomes a very difficult and measured journey that people have to go through and employ a certain level of skillfulness and uh, tactfulness in order to navigate the discipline of their own selves, their own speech, um, their own understanding of truth, their their humility and um, their prostrations to uh, the mentality of others and the divine peace that's needed in order to do away with pride and hypocrisy and vanity. And sometimes those things become very difficult for those who say that they want to achieve happiness and achieve peace. And there seems to be such a, or we seem to focus so much on the killing of ego and very importantly, the admission of faults, you know, being able to keep um, a motif and to keep a dynamic with others where there's there's always respect, where people are treated with respect and everyone is able to be viewed within an equal eye. And I know a lot of times uh, within Anu, you know, for me as a chief and as a Jegna, as a leader, as a teacher, um, it, it becomes a little difficult sometimes for people to understand why uh, there's such a um, a focus on de- developing contentment with the practice of morality and why that I stress that so much. So I wanted to speak about that for a moment and maybe give you an opportunity to introspectively look within and grab hold of another opportunity to remove uh, maybe some defects that you may have found, you know, or you may discover as a result of us speaking with with each other today. So I'm going to give you a scenario that I thought about earlier today, and I'm going to use this scenario to maybe elucidate what it is that I'm saying. So I want you to imagine me as a potential employer and one who may want to employ your special and unique skill set. And, you know, we go through an interview process and with that process, we uh, make a determination as to, um, you know, that we're going to hire you. We want to move forward with you as a candidate, as you as an employee. Right. So now we are at the stage of that process where we are speaking salary. And I say to you, we negotiate and I say, uh, I am willing to willing to offer you a three digit salary. You say three digits per day, three digits for per week, you know, or every seven day cycle for strong Three digits per month. What are we talking about here? And I say, no, three digits per year. You say, of course, no, that's 
certainly not going to work for me <laughs> uh, because uh, I need a bit more than three digits per year in order to survive. And perhaps I may even uh, be able to justify my worth beyond those three digits. Okay, no problem. Well, this is why we negotiate so that way we can come to a place where we're we're both happy in service and in recompense for said service. So then I say, okay, no problem, uh, four digits. And you say, wait a minute, okay, well, that's a little better, but if we're talking maybe four digits per week, you know, or four digits per day, but um, outside of that, that may be a little difficult. Okay, no problem. <laughs> four, four digits is, is a bit of a challenge, not a problem. So then we, we move forward. I say, okay, five digits. Okay, all right, five digits. Five digits is a little better. We say five digits per year. Five digits per year may equate to something that I can possibly work with and work through, right? Um, but you say, you know, I was looking for a bit more. And I say, you know what, let's just, let's get right to it. Because I really like um, the light that you bring and the excitement and the passion that you possibly bring to my organization. And I know that passion itself will bring wealth. I'm willing to offer you seven digits per year. And you say, you know what, that's uh, far beyond my expectations because maybe internally you were looking for high five digits to maybe six digits. But I just said, I'll give you seven digits per year. Excellent. You sign the agreement, we're ready to go. Uh, once HR or human resources sends you your paperwork, you see that you will be paid or what it says on, on your on your actual um, paperwork, because, you know, we have to factor in taxes, so forth and so on. Um, you'll see that your your pay, your pay equates to zero, 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 zero. That is your seven digit pay. You say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute now. This is um, this is not what we spoke on. We, we spoke about a seven digit salary. And I say, of course, that is a seven digit digit salary. That's a seven digit salary. Zero, 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 zero. If I were to give you a six digit salary, it would be zero, 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 zero. You say, OK, well, this is this is not necessarily what I planned or what I maybe had had uh, accounted for and towards in terms of uh, what I was looking for, for payment. Okay. So if I were to add a number beyond zero in front of the first zero, because I could say, well, we'll pay you zero, 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 one. We're still in the seven digit range. But you notice, um, I think you're, you're getting where we're going with this. If I were to take that one and put it in the front of all of those zeros, now all of a sudden it means something much different than what was initially uh, offered or spoken about. You see, so we can have as many zeros as we would like um, in front of a of an evaluation of wealth, if you will. 
But without the number one at least being added before all of those zeros, there's really no intrinsic value that we can recuperate. You see, so even so, our spiritual wealth is determined in, in similar fashion, you know, and it's determined in spiritual fashion in this sense. It is the one, it is the individual who's able to come into knowledge of self that brings value to everything that comes after it, you see. So when we seek knowledge of self and we seek um, self-improvement and we seek the eradication of, of um, the things that we justify to ourselves that we know are corroding our spirit and we introspectively look within to remove those weaknesses, then we can now sit inside of our, our inherent nature. And by sitting inside of our inherent nature, we add value to the one that then now adds value to everything that comes after it. You see, that is the lighting and the cultivation and the tending to of the divine flame. If you read the Anu way, you, you see where I speak about the ember or the divine spark, that originating spark that exists within some people. And some people, you know, they're able to drink up that liquid fire and, you know, they, they experience the bliss of the soul. Some have that divine nature that raises up in them and they start to understand the pinnacle of of divinity or the pinnacle of divine glory and what it truly is to be splendid, you know, and there's a there's a earnest living out of those principles where you now can inject the spiritual value of your self-development and of your self-actualization, that one, into killing the small, weak ego, and ingesting or, or injecting, excuse me, your spiritual value into all of your materialistic, materialistic life and experience. And this only occurs when you are able to self-actualize through that one and acquire and experience that sort of wealth. Now, how do we do this? You know, of course, I've been teaching this for years, so we don't really have to ask the how. The how is the wisdom. You know, the wisdom or the opportunities for wisdom, which uh, would equate to, um, you know, those opportunities for wisdom equate to all of the opportunities and, and moments where you have that you can actually um, enact <laughs> and and move on. You know, some of the things that are taught in Anu from the different books to um, all of the videos to, um, I mean, we could just kind of go on and on and on, <laughs> right? The different books, the videos, all of the podcasts and so many things like that. You know, um, there are there are different opportunities to self-actualize, right? And now you start to understand willfully why I stress self-actualization so much, okay? Why it is so important that self-actualization is uh, something that is explored and something that is held on to and, and guarded and, and really almost lusted for, you know, uh, but certainly coveted, if, if you will, you know. Um, 
So now let's let's get into something else. Let's get into an understanding. How do we get to that point where we begin to um, self-actualize outside of all the things that have been given and taught? Well, it begins with the understanding of law. You know, you, you often probably have heard me speak about law, you know, and why law and morality is um, is such a is such an important thing. You know why it's why it's something that needs to um, truly be explored and truly be looked into as a means of living, and that's because we live in a land of effect, right? But it doesn't mean that there is nothing that occurs that we still don't have the ability to show cause. You know, um, we are experiencing the physicality of the land of effect. However. The mysterious laws of cause are something that we still touch and we still um, put in action, you know, through our mental forces, you know. So it is through this understanding of the effects of the law and the giver of the law that we're able to begin to alter our thoughts and transform our habits in order to to kind of create this new character that we need to become. And a new character becomes a righteous person. It becomes a person who now is completely invested in virtuous action. Someone who is completely invested in entertaining and exploring divine thoughts. And when knowledge of self is attained, then now one is able to rest inside of their, their nature. You see, it's it's a very uh, peaceful and sacred thing to be able to rest within your inherent nature or rest within your divine nature. When you get to that point, when you are resting inside of your divine nature, you're in, you're resting inside of um, what is truly natural and inherent and given to you um, at the point of your creation within your own purity. When you get to that point, then you now transcend the law of cause and effect. In essence, what you have done at that point is you have become victorious over nature. The natural environment in nature is the home of cause and effect. It's, it's the natural law of things. And when you're able to exist within your divine nature, you have now become an overcomer of nature, you see. So the understanding of the law is what brings you to that space. You can meditate all you want. You can claim it. You know, many people will do that. Well, yeah, that's that's how I am. And that's what I do. It's it's not so simple. It's not a it's not a simple subject. It's not even something that you master in a month or a year or maybe even a decade. You know, it's something that you learn over time. You know, one of the things you do is you learn how to remove self-justification you know, so that you can grow in your spirituality and you can begin to thank people who point out your defects as opposed to def to despise them, as opposed to running away from them. You're able to admit faults, not just the one that you, ones that you choose to acknowledge and see within yourself, but you can admit the faults even if they're pointed out to you by other people. And you begin to cultivate this, this loving 
nature and its adaptability and you're not offended by trifling things. So when you are able to eradicate and thank the people who insincerely thank the people who point out your defects, then you can grow in that way. You know, your your power of introspection increases. Your ability to remove habits that are vicious towards your spirit will begin to you'll be able to cut those out and you'll be a, you'll be able to remove all of the defective aspects of self-justification and um, self-assertiveness when it shouldn't be um, present. You'll begin to enjoy the supreme energy, the removal of anger. Sometimes we pride ourselves so much in our ability to express our anger without realizing that anger is very uh, damaging and damning to the, the nervous system, you know, and it creates these lasting molds inside of your astral body. You know, it, it, it shoots daggers out from you. That's why when you're around an angry person, you can feel it. And they may say, no, this is just how my face looks. So this is just how I am. Everybody always says it about me. Everybody thinks I'm angry, but I'm just sitting here. I'm just relaxing. What's the problem? You know, because they haven't realized their constant uh, fits of, of wrath have produced an inflammation within their astral body. And now because of those consequences, they have become a victim of their own anger because it's constantly shooting out from them when really their minds should be fixed on the hands of their work, you see. And by fixing yourselves on the hands of your work, you're able to dispel the anger from you. You know, you can realize um, the supreme being even while you are existing and moving throughout the physical world, you see, which uh, should be the goal that we are striving towards, you know, is that realization of the supreme being, you know, within this, within this capsule, if you will, this capsule of reality, okay? So being able to control the anger and understanding the law is very important. Oh, it's, it's a crucial aspect in order, to, um, in order to achieve self-realization, you know, but also being able to uh, look at what we lust for in life. If our lusts are centered on our desires for power or materialism or um, the excitement of sensuality, our selfishness, you know, our desires for rich, our passion for riches and, and any any lower level appetite, a lower appetite, I should say, that uh, draws us away from our true spiritual life and deeper into the materialistic life. Uh, we'll find that those were things that will cause us to lose our divine glory. But if we can practice earnestly principles of the law, then we can transmute our animal nature back into our divine nature. And like I said, raise back to the splendor of our uh, divine glory. And again, a lot of this has to do with removing the dark clouds of ego, which hide the burning sun that would ignite that flame inside of us, uh, being able to measure our words, you know, and measuring your words also means uh, not hurting anyone in thought, not hurting anyone in deed, you know, always being kind, uh, removing vanity from yourself, you know, displaying the ability to move gently, 
to move move truthfully uh, and to move with a level of skillful and tactful sweetness. You see, these are these are some of just some of the, the few things that will get us to where we're supposed to be that we focus on in Anu. You know, um, learning to develop a spirit of forgiveness. I did a segment on forgiveness some years back and what it truly meant to give love ahead of time. Give love before it's asked. Give love before it's required. You see, uh, the the forgiveness. What am I giving beforehand? I'm giving love. You see, um, studying. Studying the sacred texts that are put before you. You know, when you read the Anu way, which is a sacred text of Anu, there are other sacred texts that are outlined, you know. And one of the things that I often notice is how people run. They do everything they can do not to read the sacred text. You know, we could be having a discussion about, let's say, the 14 keys. And or even within Anu, there's been times I've had to speak to people about this. You know, they'll find some random podcast, some random video and say, oh, everybody, you should check that out. Go check that out, because this person speaks about this and speaks about that, though it may not be completely what we're talking about. But their their ego seeks to run away from being on one vibration, being um, within the 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 cradle that removes idle talk. You know, a lot of time that run at times that running around for different esoteric information that's not necessarily relevant to the work that's being done or relevant to even a, a basic um, survival tactic of humanity. But, you know, some people fall in love with all the songs and stories because it allows them an escape, you know, but sometimes that uh, removes them from the covering of their teacher. You know, I cover those who stick to the divine works. That's why I say there's many people who say, oh, chief, I'm one of your students. And uh, no, you're not actually, though. Are you truly under this covering and umbrella? Are you a part of Anu Life Global Ministries? Or do you just watch YouTube videos once in a while or listen to a podcast once in a while? But are you truly com- have you truly committed yourself with the discipline to study what it is that we study? Do you um, acknowledge and observe the straightforwardness? That's required for you to be here. The times of celibacy that are required for you to be in this space, you know, where innocence is needed, you know, um, where there is an opportunity for opposite conditions of pain or pleasure or gaining and losing. Do you make sure that no matter what's happening in that scenario, you do no harm to any being, you know, um, to the glory of this kingdom of Anu? You see, or are you participating from the periphery because that's easier to do than to tread the path of truth and righteousness, you know? So, and again, that's not a put down or anything, but it's just, you know, I'm just speaking to how we obtain certain things. It's through part of it is through the devotion and the commitment to your teacher or to your guru or to your instructor you know, and not necessarily all of the multitasking we pride ourselves in doing. In the information age, we have access to so much. And sometimes we pride ourselves in being able to, I study with this one, I study with that one, I do my own thing. You know, um, and it's hard sometimes to see the larger agenda in that. 
sometimes we don't see that, that there's an agenda present in that way of thinking because, there, you know, there are people who are looking to remove the wisdom and the covering of the patriarchal uh, attention and the patriarchal service and the patriarchal worship to the most high. You know, there's a removal of brotherly and sisterly feeling. You know, when I, I just do my own, my own thing, I stay in the periphery. I do this, I do that. I'm not really uh, committed to any one thing, but I'm all embracing of all things. And it sounds wonderful. <laughs> it sounds wonderful uh, to be that way. But there's a time, especially when we're younger, where, where we worship and we ascribe all of the great attributes of our father or of our mother or of our uh, teachers. And we see them as practical gods or deity or Yahs or Elohim in our life, you see without even regarding or seeing them just as regular human beings, but we pay them the reverence and, and the respect that's, that's needed. And as a result, we lead a virtuous life if we come from virtual, uh, virtuous um, parenting or virtuous deities, you see. We learn to have patience and persistence in what it is that we're being presented with. And what it is that we're being taught, we learn to stick to one thing, stay in one place, have one method, have one system. And through that driving through of one system and one method, we don't disperse our energy. And we begin to notice that we feel positive success as a result. You see, we, we remove and cast away gloom and the depression that once came as a result of being overspent and being too spread out. You see, we begin to take on a stronger sense of positivity and success that comes through our chanting, through our breathing work, through our movement work. You know, when we can wake up early in the dawning, you know, we wake up at 4 a.m. and we chant, we sing songs, we affirm even if we go back to sleep, it's okay. You know, uh, imagine the feeling you have sometimes, you know. Sometimes you wake up early. You wake up at four and you go and you take a shower. And then after your shower, you get back into bed. Have you ever noticed how peaceful that rest is whenever you do that? How comforting it feels after, you know, you, you've slept a little bit. you slept maybe for five hours or so, or four hours, you know, or more, even maybe eight hours. And then you've woken up, take a shower, then get back under the covers. You see, that cleansing that happens. Well, the same thing happens when you wake up early, four, and you chant. And it could be something as chant, chanting Om or chanting Yah. You know, you do those things. And, or you take a nice walk in the open air if you live in a place that's safe enough to do that, you know. And you begin to think on feelings. Remember, your thoughts and feelings are pretty identical. But you begin to think on feelings of joy. And you strive to be happy 
in all of the different states that you are experiencing while radiating joy outwards to everything that's around you. You see, you might even sing a song, you see, and you'll find that your depression and your gloom will go away. It's instant medicine. And you'll get much closer to this, this idea of self-actualization, <laughs> you see, which puts the value in front of all of the possibilities of zeros that comes after it. Because now you are exploring on a consistent and daily basis the power of one teacher, one system, you see, one method. One place that I'm going to be where I'm going to grow my roots. And now I am truly understanding the power of one. And how the power of that one puts value in front of the zeros. But I can't do that when I'm completely dispersed and trying to attain my happiness through broken currents of meditation. And submission to the little ego. And not really truly surrendering the fruit of my action to the Most High. So, that is something I wanted you to consider and think about. In terms of self-actualization, self-development. And maybe, willfully, it will help you to understand a little bit more as to why uh, Anu is structured in the way that it is. And how you often hear me say... The first ministry is the ministry to oneself. Then it's the ministry to the Most High. Then it's the ministry to the people. But you have to start with that ministry to self because that's what puts the value in front of all the numbers. Or you'll end up um, working and doing things in vain. You'll say, man, I've done meditation. I've done yoga. I've worked with crystals. I got initiated. I studied with this one. I studied with that one. You know, I, I, I did so many different things. So many different things. And then I just left it all alone at one point and just went into my own thoughts and, and the value of my own thinking and started working just through psychology and just thinking and, you know, whatever it is, because there's so many different systems. I mean, I'm sure every for all the ones I named, there are many of you listening saying, yeah, I did that, I did that, I did that. So, you know, we go through so many different chambers. And then sometimes at the end of all those chambers, we still have nothing. Because the one chamber that we did not go through is the chamber, the chamber of the one, of the I. One is I. You see? And exploring I. Who is this I? And how do I develop the power and the strength of this I? In order to, to develop the glory of I. Beyond the small ego and developing that devotion so that I can control my mind and control my actions and control my speech and be able to be calm and speak truth and discipline my, my senses. And I can sing and I can hear and I can recite and I can meditate on all the good deeds that can be fulfilled and all of the qualities that I'm looking um, to have fulfilled based on my realization of the most high through this body. Think about it. Please. <laughs> All right. So this has been Chief Yuya with another segment. And um, again, always anyone who wants to join Anu, 
you have to go to anulifeglobal.org. That's A-N-U-L-I-F-E-G-L-O-B-A-L.org. The uh, links are always in the descriptions of these podcasts, especially if you um, pull them from chiefyuya.com. There's always a little, uh, sometimes it's a longer blog post and sometimes it's just a shorter one just with links. But there's always opportunities for you to figure out where to go to do what it is that um, you want to do. And to all you our new members, keep working, <laughs> stay devoted, you know, uh, keep your affirmations sincere, keep your works sincere, sincere, and your aspirations should be uh, waged with constant meditation fervently, you see, so you can purge yourself of your miseries and you can purge yourself of your sorrows, you see. All right. And, you know, again, I want to remind everyone that we're having our new youth classes coming up um, this summer and that's open to everybody. OK, you don't have to be a member, but it's open to every youth. All right. So that's for youth. That's not for, you know, um, adult people. But um, we open that up for the children so that they can learn some things about history and and their culture and the strength and the power of their spirituality. You know, so that way they can reject some of the defects that may begin to spring up as they grow a little bit older. And, you know, those things that create the unnecessary stumbling blocks, you know, help them to be fiery in their own determination and in their own principles. All right. So, again, this is Chief Yuya signing out. And I want to thank everyone, too. Uh, I've gotten so much um, gracious, I'll say gracious, <laughs> feedback on the music works. Um, you know, I've just been um, giving offerings of music and enjoying that, you know, um, as also a way of release and message sending. And a lot of people have um, reached out and just expressed, I don't know, I guess um, appreciation and joy. We'll say that. So I want to thank you all for that as well. You know, and always on all the streaming platforms, you know, people have, have asked about where can I get more? Well, I don't um, because my my schedule is um, even though this is my year of sabbatical, it's my seven years. My schedule sometimes is a bit jam packed. I don't release as big of volumes as I would like. I would love to do. But, you know. 15 song projects and things, but you don't really need to do that anymore. Anyway, it's not like back in the days, you know? Um, so sometimes I'll release like two or three songs here and something, or something I may have been working on for a while that's been sitting and I'll be like, you know what, let me just put it out there, even though it's not done. So that's why there's like little trickles, but, um, I still appreciate those who even respond kindly to the trickles, you know, <laughs> of music. You know, at some point I'll, I'll lock myself away and really, um, commit longer time to really perfecting that part of me as well. But I just wanted to thank you all for, um, the gracious feedback and, you know, that's been shared in terms of the music works as well. Okay. So this is Chief Yuya. Uh, signing off and I want to thank you all for coming through to this podcast be sure you can to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Cast, Apple Podcasts um, Google Podcasts and a bunch of other places iHeartRadio I'm, I'm all over alright um, so because that way you'll get notifications when they come out 
you know, in the event that they're a little erratic. All right, everyone, enjoy your day. Be well, be peaceful, be loving. Shalom.